0: on forever. But then you get to the end and the gorilla starts throwing barrels at you. And that's how you play the game. Did
1: you see me escaping? I was all like
0: John
2: The box says no
3: and i'm his friend
2: jesus welcome to the world of
0: tomorrow <laughs> Make my shiny metal ass Good news, everyone Very well, let this abomination unto the Lord begin.
2: Uh...
4: <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Geek Fights, the Ponzi Schema Podcasting. I'm David Shaw. I don't know, should I start the episode? We started, why not? Uh with me as always is Mr. Mike Ortiz, Mike. What are we fighting about tonight?
5: Well, tonight you can kiss my shiny metal ass because we are fighting about Futurama. It's the best of Futurama today. So uh, who's joining us tonight?
4: Well, this evening we've got somebody who will call it by the incorrect name over and over again. It'll piss me off. That would be Mr. Pete Lucas. i you
3: frowning face with antenna.
4: Uh, all right. Uh, we've got Yussi Block. Hey. And Ben McCulloch.
1: Hello. Uh,
4: so, um, how do the fights work, Mike?
5: Well, this is a best of episode, so each of our panelists has chosen six of their favorite Futurama things. They can be anything related to Futurama. Characters, quotes, moments, episodes, whatever. We throw in two more that are chosen by Geek Fight staff to bring it up to 32. We randomly match them up in brackets, and uh, we put it to a vote. The winner moves on to the next round, and uh, that continues until something is crowned the best of Futurama. Now, because this is a best of episode, we're using anything. Uh, So this is where you really use your geek logic. Uh, How are we going to pit an episode against a character, against a quote? I don't know. However you want, whatever makes sense to you, that's what we call geek logic. And, uh, you know, especially in something like this. Geek logic, if used properly, can cha- change somebody's vote.
4: Okay. Speaking of changing, uh, you, you you rewrote that. No, we wrote
5: this is the, uh, there's no script.
4: Oh, no script. No script.
5: Head. I'm doing it all. I'm 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 gonna stick to a script at the end, but from here on out, the beginning is going to be uh, unless I'm wow. I'm really really tired.
4: Hi. Okay. <laughs> and uh, those of you that are disappointed, like, oh, I wanted to be on that episode. Uh, we were talking about it right before the episode started. We will do a Best Futurama episode. So, that'll, that'll happen. Not best of, actually, best episode. So, you episodes aren't winning this one unless, you know, what is it, Jurassic Park is on here, isn't it? Oh, anyway, <laughs> let's start the fights. We're going right to you there, Pete. Uh, first fight is Nibbler versus Mom from Mom's Robot
3: well i do enjoy mom and i think she's a total b uh i like i like what they've done with nibbler and how he went from just being a pet to actually being uh an alien entity that uh, was responsible for Fry's uh, uh coming to the 30th century so i got to go with nibbler
5: uh, vote for nibbler mike yeah i'm going to have to agree with that uh mom is is pretty one note. I mean, they've had, expanded her a little bit, and certainly her relationship with the professor has been kind of interesting. But uh, the journey that, that Nibbler has made from being a, a pet that, uh, that poops dark matter uh, to being like a highly intelligent uh, alien who's changing things behind the scene, really his whole race, I think, is, is really a lot of fun. Um, plus, he's got that deep, booming voice.
4: So uh, I'll go with Nibbler. Another vote for Nibbler. I believe he's voiced by Frank Welker. Uh, Yussi.
6: Well, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to make my case for Mom right now. Uh, I, I just think that she really fills that role of a credible, competent uh, antagonist because we've got a lot of guys who are, you know, often end up as antagonists who are you know, later on uh, in, in the brackets like Lur and, and and Zap, but Mom is really scary. You know, there's that science fiction trope of the, the evil corporation, and probably what happens with Mom is what would happen in real life, which is, yeah, people people get used to it, but they are still actually evil. And, you know, I, I really uh, like the idea that they they've managed to meld the evil corporation with the uh, you know uh, maternal aspect. I mean, she's called mom and she's looks like a nice old lady, but she's really very cruel. And uh, you know, she never uh, she never loses that edge. So so I really like her, but we'll we'll see if she if she makes it any further than this. I'm I'm voting for her. A vote for Mazam
4: Ben.
1: Yeah, I'm all for uh, a good retcon. And they did a good job with Nibbler with that. But before that, I, you know, he was a boring character, kind of. And Mom was always great, so I'm going to vote for Mom, too. A vote for Mom. It is all tied up, and it comes down to me. And I,
4: I wouldn't even consider it a retcon for Nibbler. Uh, they introduced Nibbler, and then the very next season, he's introduced as a super smart guy and needs, needs uh, Fry to save the world. And then later on, they... Oh, he was the one that actually tipped him, but it wasn't a retcon either, because if you go back and watch the very first episode of Futurama, Nibbler's shadow is in the episode. He's there. So this was planned from the beginning, and Nibbler is awesome, but mom does represent evil corporations, and uh, she's pretty evil, and I, I like that. Oh, God damn it! I like both of them. God damn it! I You know what? I'm going to go. I, I talked myself into Nibbler with the fact that it's not a retcon. It's the fact that if you watch the first episode, Nibbler's shadow is in the first episode. Nibbler is the one that knocks him over. Uh, And, yeah, I'm going to go with Nibbler. And Nibbler moves on to the next round, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Leela versus Where No Fan Has Gone Before, the Star Trek episode. Uh,
5: Leela is a great character. Um, uh, Certainly, she also has gone on a a, a pretty interesting arc, and and her relationship with with Fry is... uh, has, has been really one of the highlights of the show. Um, but just prior to starting recording, uh, we were uh, talking extensively about Star Trek until Damon said, hey, let's stop talking about Star Trek and start talking about Futurama. And that's because uh, I love Star Trek. Uh, I am a Star Trek fan. Star Trek is, is one of the the biggest things on this show. And, uh, and where no fan has gone before is their Star Trek episode, and it's actually about you know Star Trek fans, essentially. And it's got much of the, the original Star Trek cast. So uh, as much as I, I think Leela's a great character, there's a lot of great characters on here, um, I want to see uh, some
4: some episode love and some Star Trek love move on. Uh, vote for Where No Fan Has Gone Before. Yessie? Well, I'd put uh, Where
6: No Fan Has Gone Before. On here and I you know I I think it's amazing the the things that Futurama does to improve on what The Simpsons uh, did and one of those things is how you treat the guest stars because all too often it can either turn into oh that's who voiced that throwaway character in The Simpsons what a waste or they had to reshape the whole episode around this guest star, and that uh, ruined everything. And here, it just it, it felt so natural and so uh, you know it, integral to both you know fandom about Star Trek, and obviously there's a lot of crossover between Star Trek fans and Futurama fans. Uh, but it also worked as a uh, as a Futurama episode. On the other hand. For that to beat Leela, who's such a, an important character, uh, I, I got to vote for Leela. She's just so integral. And actually, I think her relationship with Fry actually deducts points from her overall score, but uh, I'm still going to go with her.
4: A vote for Leela, Ben?
1: Yeah, I agree. It, the relationship definitely deducts points. And uh, that's enough points for me to vote for a good nod to Star Trek. And besides, right before the Futurama and Star Trek characters go into a fight, Kirk rips his shirt. And that episode is full of great nods to Star Trek. So I'm voting for where no man has gone before.
4: A vote for where no man has gone before. Uh, you know, wasn't everybody everybody but McCoy, because he was already dead by the time they did the episode, and uh, Scotty, because they had Welshie. But, but Scotty wasn't in it because I think he was sick. Or he just didn't want to do it. I can't. I don't remember that story, but I know they had Welshy, and I love the shit out of Welshy. It's hard for me to vote against Leela, but I like Welshy just a little bit more than I like Leela. Maybe Pete can talk me out of it. But uh, Pete, what's your vote?
3: Um, this was actually a tough one for me because it's one of my favorite characters versus one of my favorite episodes. Um, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard when uh, when Fry got. Uh, check off to do the Wessels line as I did the first time I saw Star Trek four. Um, and I don't think personally I don't think the relationship between Fry and Leela detracts from detracts from it at all. I think it actually adds a little a little more uh, emotion, a little more feeling uh, to the characters and uh, some of the episodes they've been very, very sweet, very, very touching. So and she is a very integral part of, of that show. Her, I, I love the fact that her, that her and uh, Shatner were, uh, were fighting in, in that episode. And you couldn't have had that without the character. So I got to go with Leela.
4: A vote for Leela. But where
3: no fan has
4: gone before is moving on. And we are on to our next fight. Yussi, this one is yours. It is, hey, do I preach at you? And, oh, look, let's see. I got to get it close. Hey, do I preach at you when you're lying stoned in a gutter? No. Bender. That's a Bender quote uh, from what the hell is other robots versus the math jokes.
6: Wow, I didn't know I'd be going first on this one. I was kind of uh, hoping to hear some arguments about it, uh, because on the one hand, I do really like that quote from Bender. On the other hand, it's uh, the first appearance of Preacher Bot, who Shows up later in the brackets, uh, and the math jokes. I like them, but I have to admit sometimes I don't get them. <laughs> but I guess I shouldn't hold that against Futurama. That's something I should hold against myself. So let's go with the math.
1: A uh, vote for the math jokes, Ben. Yeah, I love math, and uh, I love jokes that nobody gets. They're the best kind because you get to laugh at yourself. And a lot of, nobody gets math jokes, so I'm gonna go with math jokes. Uh, vote for math
4: jokes. Yeah, um, they're not just math jokes; they're inside jokes. They're and they are one percenters. And I've talked to to the to Mike about this before. Those are my absolute favorite kind of joke. The joke where 99 out of 100 people will not get it, and maybe not even see that it's a joke. But there is one percent of people. There's one person that is laughing their fucking ass off. And math jokes is right there. And I, 90% of the time, do not get the math jokes, but I don't care. I'm voting math jokes. Uh, Pete?
3: Yeah, I don't have a math mind. So unless I go through and watch, like, the extras where they're saying, oh, this is what we did here, this is what we did here, um, I don't get them. I, I, I got up to, like, geometry or algebra with calculus or something like that, and that was about as far as I got in math, because my brain just does not process the the mathematical concepts like uh, some other people do. So I got to go with, uh, do I preach at you when your are in the gutter? No.
4: I'll vote for preaching. And Mike. Uh, I'll also vote for the,
5: the math jokes. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, math jokes is kind of a catch-all here. There's also, like, science jokes and cosmology jokes and astronomy jokes. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things like that. I I know for sure that I miss a lot of them. Um, I may catch a few here or there, and when you do, uh, it's awesome because it makes you feel smart. Um, But the fact that they would put stuff in because it makes them laugh, uh, and the guys who who do that show, there's a lot of really smart guys on there, uh, because they're putting stuff in that makes them laugh, that's that's kind of one of the things that makes this show really good. They're not really pandering to their audience. They're doing what they think is funny and that to me is always the funniest type of stuff. So, uh Math Jokes is a great expression of that attitude.
4: And Math Jokes is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Ben, this one is yours. It is Fry versus Suicide Booths.
1: I like Fry a lot, but uh I think Suicide Booths are Part of The part of Futurama that I like the most, which is these subtle little pokes at society, and I think Suicide Booth is one of the funniest of those. Plus, that was the way that we started off Futurama, and that's how we started off the best relationship between Fry and Bender was in a Suicide Booth. So I'm voting for a Suicide Booth. A vote for
4: Suicide Booth? Uh, let me see. Which way am I going to... Because I love Fry. Like The, the show the show, as as funny as almost everybody else is in the show, Fry is the main character, and it really doesn't work without him. Because uh, y- it's his perspective of, wait, you do that in the future? We used to do that in the 20th century. Because that's one of the even weirder things. Fry never saw the 21st century. He's strictly a 20th century person. Oddly enough, we, we, we're, what, 13 years into the 20th century now? 12 years into the 20, 21st century now? And we, we we now take it for granted, but Fry never had that opportunity. He lives in the 30th century. Um, and suicide booths—there'd be a lot less people if there were suicide booths, and they only cost a quarter. Uh, that's that's a, that's a that's a vote for it. But I, I'm going to go with Fry, uh, Pete. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the suicide booths—I thought
3: was a great gag, and it was a great way to introduce Fry the Bender, but. Uh, it- the, sh- the whole
4: show really would not work without Fry. He is such
5: a central component of that show. So i got to go with Fry. Uh, another vote for Fry. Mike. You know, th- this is tough because, it's, you know, more so for me than just these two things. It's really in these best of episodes, how much of it is something big, like a main character, like the main character, which has a lot of, of weight behind it, versus something small and a moment and suicide booths really is just a great example of this future fry without suicide booths and and that setting in the future uh, a show about fry set in you know 1999 would, would be a boring show um but uh you know i think you you really nailed it damon the fact that fry is really the the entry point into this world for the viewer um while we are you know into the 21st century um we are still seeing things from his perspective uh, normally I don't like to vote for the, the lead character just because I think that, that they can be juggernauts and then there's a lot of negative, negative stuff that goes along with them. But honestly, I don't really see a lot of negative in Fry. I mean, he really, is, uh, he really is a great character. He's a fun character. They have not overused him. They've really done a good job giving a lot of other characters uh, enough to do and enough of a voice so that Fry really hasn't become a problem. So Suicide Booths is a great... Idea. It's a fun idea. It's a great example of how different that culture is. But uh, in this instance, I think Fry really
4: does have to take it. Uh, vote for Fry and yessi
6: Well, I yeah, I struggled with this one. But for me, Fry is he is our entry point into the series. But I, I sort of feel like his shtick is getting a little old, you know, once we're well past 100 episodes. And the suicide booths, I, I don't know, it's it's it just something which it was there in like, you know, minute five of the series. And it's just something which is so dark. It, it just impresses me because we've got so many animated series which are trying to, you know, outgross each other and well, I'll make it more violent and more violent and, you know, on Family Guy or, or South Park or American Dad, not that those are of equal quality, but in all of them, there's this hyper violence and, you know, at the end of the day, it's just sort of distasteful and boring, but Suicide Booths, that's, that's like a haunting idea, and the fact that you see it in a cartoon, and I know we would like to say, well, it's, it's an animated series, it's not a cartoon, but Still, it, it's something which wasn't used in that way, and Futurama just pushes the envelope that way. i got to go with suicide booths.
4: Uh, vote for the suicide booths. But uh, I, I, Fry moves on. I do have to mention, uh, it's one of those things that we, we now take for granted. But the reason why the suicide booth was there was because we, have, we had phone booths, and he was just trying to use the phone. Uh, there was no darkness to it. It was just a reality of the time that he lived in. Now we we forget that there used to be phone booths, so it's it's just there by itself as a suicide booth. But
6: it is not moving. Well, on. we have we have socialized medicine here, so I can tell you what you know that that's coming. That's coming. You suicide wait, booths. Uh,
4: Obamacare will bring us suicide booths. That'll be all, you mean all the way? <laughs> wait, Obamacare is affecting things in Israel. No, but it's like, you know, socialized
6: medicine, (laughs) right after the death panels. It's like the next paragraph.
4: Yeah, it's great. Uh, But uh, we're moving on to (laughs) our next fight. If
5: it's socialized, will you still have to pay that quarter?
4: Ooh, I don't know. Maybe you've already paid it. There's like a little bit of a copay here. But anyway, let's go on to our next fight. It is good news, everyone! By the professor. His quote is the only thing that the professor really has on here. Versus we demand bouncing and rolling and bouncing of the, th- the third kind. War is the H word, uh, which is the episode is a quote. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's got to be good news, everyone, because the fact that he says good news, everyone, in every single episode, and then he says it's bad news. I, I, I love the shit out of it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with good news, everyone. Pete?
3: Um, Yeah, I I like that quote, we demand bouncing, rolling, and bouncing of the third kind, but uh, I have to give it to good news, everyone, because uh, oftentimes when he says that, you know something really messed up is coming afterwards.
4: Yeah, I love good news, everyone. Uh, Mike? uh, I am going to vote for we
5: demand bouncing, and rolling, and bouncing of the third kind. Uh, The good news, everyone, uh, is funny, but I, I don't know about you, but after the third time, you pretty much know exactly what's coming uh the bouncing and rolling and bouncing of the third kind when i heard that uh line in that episode and that's one of my favorite episodes i almost put it on here but i only wanted to put one episode on here um I, it just floored me because it was a demand that being made this was the episode that was the parody of, of starship troopers and they were fighting against uh basically these bouncing balls and and these were the demands that the balls had uh because what else would balls demand but bouncing and rolling and uh, I really want to know what bouncing of the third kind is and, and why they don't demand bouncing of the second kind. So it's a really, it's, it's a strange, it's kind of, it seems like a, a non sequitur, but it actually makes a lot of sense from the perspective of, of an alien race that, that we really can't understand, which is strange that it actually is kind of such a silly line and yet also strangely insightful into a completely alien way of thinking. And I just think it's fucking hilarious.
4: Okay. <laughs> uh, Yossi? Well,
6: my brother-in-law is even a bigger fan than I am. And this was like the one where I, I showed him the brackets, and this was the one, uh, the bouncing and rolling. That was the one that set him off. It's like, awesome, you got that on there. Despite that, I got to go with good news, everyone. It's just, it's, you know, it's the framing of the episode, and it. It gives us the the character of the professor who's sort of like, okay, here you go, off into danger. Uh, I'm, you know, this great scientific genius, and yet what I do most of the time is just, you know, send these people off to make uh, deliveries on the other side of the galaxy. So I'm going with good news.
4: Good news, everyone. Ben?
1: Yeah, Mike, I'm, I'm with you big time on this. Uh, it's a great quote by the professor. And it's a great uh, it's great insight that you provided. I'm glad that somebody was able to provide good insight into uh, uh the bouncing quote but um so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw another vote towards uh we demand bouncing and rolling and bouncing of the third kind
4: but good news everyone is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours It's kind of hard. It's uh Jurassic bark, which is an episode versus Haru! <laughs> Nixon's head.
3: Um, well, Nixon's said, I mean, of all the people that they chose, I was like, Nixon? Really? Okay. Um, it's it's a great gag, and they they managed to use it um, very well in a few episodes. But um, Jurassic Park is one of my favorite episodes. Another one of my favorite episodes. I have a few favorite episodes. Jurassic Park is one of those. And just because that scene at the end with the dog just waiting always kills me. Um, if, you, if you can watch that scene and not come close to tears, you're a monster. Uh, so I got to go with Jurassic Park.
4: Roar. Uh Mike?
5: Yeah, I'm a monster because I know everybody loves that scene. And it, it, is, it is touching, but it doesn't really have quite the impact on me as it has on everybody else. I think it's a good episode. Um, and that scene that you mentioned is is a memorable part of the episode. But honestly, I I really don't remember much of the episode beyond that. Uh, You know, that, that is a a sad moment and kind of a poignant moment, but you know, all the rest of everything that leads up to that is something that I, when I see the episode, I'm like, I don't even remember this. Um, You know, we were talking about mom being uh, this great kind of villainous antagonist. I think uh, Nixon is everything that mom is and, and a thousand times more. And the fact that he was, he was a great antagonist for us for real and he still uh, he still manages to uh, to do that well into the future. Um, I, he's actually one of my my favorite characters on the show, and I'm glad he's kind of gotten as much traction as he has. So uh, I'll vote for Nixon's head.
3: Hooroo! My, my-, my problem with my problem with that is uh, because it is Nixon's head, whereas Mom is unexpectedly evil. You kind of expect Nixon to be evil, so it's not really a surprise. Yeah, I
5: think, I think a lot of people expect moms to be evil.
3: Anyway, uh, Yossi?
6: Yeah, I I know Jurassic Park does have that uh, emotional punch. There's no denying that. But I I just love, you know, as as we said before about the math jokes, the the Nixon jokes, he just took such balls 25 years after he left power and, you know, five years after he was dead or seven years after he was dead, something like that to put him in and, and just say, look, some people will get it and it'll be amazing and some people won't and we'll move on to the next thing. But we're going to put this character, you know, this is the president of Earth in the future. And I, I just think that that, that uh, is part of what makes Futurama unique, that they'll, they'll go for that and say, look, you know, as, you know, as we said, maybe 99% of the audience won't get it. But for that 1%, it's worth it. So Nixon's head.
4: A vote for Nixon's head. Ben.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I didn't really like Jurassic Park very much. Maybe it's because I uh, had cats and no dogs, so I had no emotional attachment to a dog. But uh, Damon had me cracking up laughing when he quoted Nixon's head. And that's what I love about Futurama, the, the moments that I can't stop laughing. So I'm
4: going to vote for Nixon's head. A uh, Vote for Nixon's head. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw another vote behind Nixon's head. Not because uh, Jurassic Park, it, it really is one of those things. If you've had a loyal dog, all you had to have is one loyal dog from your childhood and then watch Jurassic Park. And that last five minutes of the dog waiting, the dog waiting patiently for Fry to return, that, that, that really does tug like a motherfucker at your heartstrings. Uh, not that the rest of the episode isn't bad, because I actually do remember the rest of the episode. It's, it's good. It's, it's pulling him out of... Because uh, he was fossilized and all that good stuff. But uh, Nixon's head. Nixon is great on the show. Uh, Headless Agnew is, is pretty awesome. And I will make a mention, go into the Nerdist feed and find the Billy West and uh, John DiMaggio episode of the Nerdist. They talk about uh, more about why they chose Nixon. And why Nixon is there. And where Haru comes from. So, um, uh, yeah. Nixon's head is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is uh, the ever-changing quote during the title versus Zoidbug.
5: This uh, this is another tough one. Um, because the ever-changing quote is is something that I, I kind of look for and look forward to. And, uh, you know, as someone who typically watched the show uh on on VHS I would I would typically tape the show and then watch it and then be very upset to find out that I had actually taped the end of a football game uh, and didn't catch the end of the episode um, but even like watching it on DVD I, I would not fast forward through the opening because I wanted to see that quote because it was always kind of funny uh, but I absolutely love Zoidberg um He's not a major character, so I feel a little better about not kind of voting for him. Uh, I think he's gotten really the, the right amount of time uh, as, and just all these little weird things about him being an alien, about his shell, about him eating garbage. Uh, he, he's a complete idiot, uh, but he's a, a fantastic doctor at, at everything that isn't a human being. Uh, I think that's how it works. Uh, he's just, he just does not understand humans. Um so yeah, Zoidberg—he—he's uh, one of my favorite characters uh, by far. Uh,
4: vote for Zoidberg. Yes, he. Well,
6: th- this one was a tough one for me too because I—I I do love that quote, but this is one of those situations where y- you can't look at Futurama in a vacuum. You got to think: if it's best of Futurama, what? makes it unique and 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 sets it apart not just what's good because everything here is good. And that quote it's a lot like Bart on the chalkboard or the couch gag or or even at some point in American Dad they had the headline of the newspaper and you know so it's it works and I look forward to it and I always make sure to catch it. But Zoidberg is amazing. He's just he's so pathetic. And so alien, and at the same time an ethnic stereotype, and it's just amazing how they do so much with this character, and they they do the sort of things that uh, I don't think you'd see on many other shows. And you know, let's be honest, this is sort of that token role that we've seen so often in in Star Trek, or or Star Wars, or any other sci-fi series where it's like, well. This is in space. This is or this is in the future. So we gotta have at least one alien. But Zoidberg really is, it's not just, you know, facial features. He really is bizarre and weird. And
4: I gotta vote for Zoidberg. Uh vote for Zoidberg, Ben.
1: I love Zoidberg and this tough fight. But I'm afraid if I vote for Zoidberg, he might sweep. And I think that the opening quote. At Futurama is something we always watch And I think it deserves a little love So I'm going to give it a vote
4: Yeah but why not Zoidberg Yes I got to say it I was so happy I was like Is somebody going to say why not Zoidberg I got to say why not Zoidberg Because that is the perfect reasoning For why we should vote for Zoidberg Because why not Zoidberg And I like the fact that he is Clearly a, 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 a Long Island New York Jewish stereotype and he's a shellfish, something that Jewish people tend to not eat. And I think that's pretty funny. Uh, I'm going to go with Zoidberg. Uh, Pete?
3: Um, Zoidberg's actually the least, my least, one of my least favorite characters. I'll, however, his episodes have been some of my favorites. So it this was really a tough one to me because uh, the quotes for me have been, uh, they can be hit or miss. Sometimes they're they're cute and clever and sometimes you're just like yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, because because of the Harold Zoid episode and the episode where they go to his home world, I, I think I gotta go with Zoidberg.
4: Why not Zoidberg? Zoidberg is moving on and we're on to our next fight. It's the first unknown fight of the afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. It is Hypnotoad versus Karen's pick and it's All I know is uh, all I know is my gut says maybe, which is uh, the neutral president, what the neutral president says. I can't remember which episode or movie it's from, but it's all I know is my gut says maybe. Uh, Yussi, that one is yours.
6: Oh, I do not know that quote. Wait,
4: so who's the neutral president? The neutrals. The neutrals. The, The alien race that was neutral for everything. So he said, all I know is my gun says, maybe he was, uh, he was completely indecisive.
6: Right. Okay. So, well, here's, here's the thing that I, uh, I think that we, you know, got to look at those elements, which somehow or another, just get in there uh, with Futurama, and they, they stick, and they become an essential element. And hypnotode, as we were discussing actually before we started recording, that sound of the turbine uh, backwards, played backwards, it, it's just you know immediately that sound, you know immediately that visual. It just shouts at you, this is Futurama. It's, it's just funny because of how random it is. We never really get to the bottom of Hypnotoad, but there are a lot of interesting fan theories. And, you know, I think that that's also a, a great part of Futurama, like the things which, you know, people discuss. where that guy come from. What does, what does that mean? Are we ever going to really find out? So
4: I go with the toad, a vote for Hypnotoad Ben.
1: Yeah. I think maybe if uh, it was a neutral president, I might be able to vote for it because he has, so, he has, does have some great lines. Uh, um, like if I don't survive, tell my wife hello. But uh, I go catatonic when I see the Hypnotoad so Hypno A uh,
4: vote for Hypno Toad. Uh, Hypno is good, but I do like I do like the quote. Uh, all I know is my gut says me, but all hail Hypnotoad My vote is for Hypnotoad Hello? Pete, go ahead.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I believe that the episode that that quote is from is uh, Brannigan Begin Again. Um, But uh, I I love Hypnotoad. Uh, Everybody loves Hypnotoad, so I got to go with Hypnotoad.
4: Mike, is it a clean sweep?
5: (laughs) I must vote for Hypnotoad. (laughs) Hypnotoad.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and Hypnotoad goes through with a clean sweep. Sorry, Karen. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Ben, this one is yours. Uh, let's see. It is a quote. I can't watch this because it's creepy and wrong and sick. However, I will watch out of curiosity. Uh, that's Fry from Ben Tur versus the DVD commentaries.
1: Um, I I don't think I've ever seen too many of the DVD commentaries. I'm not a big uh, commentary person for the most part except for uh, the soul, souls means of orthodoxy. but uh, yeah I think I'm going to go with the quote with, from Fry
4: a quote from Fry uh, you know I would uh, quote uh, go with the quote from Fry if it wasn't for the fact that every single episode of Futurama on DVD I think all the way up through the new seasons has a commentary every episode has a commentary which is amazing because most TV shows, they will have two or three episodes that they pick out from a season and tell you a few things. But Futurama packs so much into each and every episode that they let you in on so many of the inside jokes in the, in the DVD commentaries. The, the, sometimes the DVD commentary is better than the actual episode. So I've got to go with DVD commentaries. Uh, Pete?
3: Um. Yeah, this is actually one of my quotes, and I and I really like that quote. But again, with the DVD commentaries, I think Futurama is the Futurama is the only uh, show where I actually do look forward to watching the commentaries because um, they do explain some of the inside jokes, and even even then, when they explain them, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I get it now, and I laugh. So you know, it's almost like you know watching. It's, you're watching the episode, but it's almost like watching the episode through another set of eyes that lets you pick up on the things that you missed. So i got to go with the DVD commentaries.
4: Another vote for the commentaries. Mike?
5: Yeah, uh, you're right, Damon. I do believe it is every single episode, which is is uh, rather unique on uh, on a, a television show. Um, and, and what's best, I, I put them on here. Uh, I didn't know if, if other people would, would even go for it. Um, because if you haven't... Uh, try the DVD commentaries. I really think you should, even if you don't like commentaries in general, um, because the episodes are 22 minutes and then the commentaries are 22 minutes. It's actually the way that I always did it was I would watch an episode and then immediately watch the commentary uh, back to back. And, and you know, you're spending as much time as you would watching a a normal episode. Uh, And, and like you said, that's how I know there are math jokes. That's how, uh, that's how we know a lot of the behind the scenes, how we know a lot of the stuff about the show that is not, Necessarily in the text of the show and the thing is it's very often by the writers and the actors and These guys are funny, so it's not just them talking about the show in a dry manner It's them continuing to be funny in in various ways and when Billy West is on there and he's continuing to do voices and uh, and uh, You know you hear the actors all or the the writers all kind of making jokes about the jokes that they've made Um it's really entertaining in its own right. So uh I have to go for the DVD commentaries.
4: And Yessi?
6: I just... I have a problem with DVD commentaries. I, I just... Uh, you know, I, I can't... I would do much better if they were just audio, and I'm sure there's a way to technically achieve that. But I just can't you know, watch the image on the screen. And it's like, well, ignore that and have them talk about whatever it is. And I know these people are funny because I've I've heard them interviewed uh, uh, Billy West a couple of times and Katie Seagal, and and they are very entertaining people. And I love to hear them in that context. But I'm just not such a fan of uh, DVD commentaries, but maybe I, I need to look that up. So I'm going to throw uh, a vote to uh, the ben her uh, quote.
4: A vote for the quote, but DVD commentary is moving on. We're on to our next bite. It is an episode, which is the Devil's Hands or Idle Playthings versus Amy. Uh, isn't that the last episode of Futurama? Well, at least since the so. run on Fox. before yes, I believe it was. It came to Comedy Central, which is one of the most beautiful episodes they, they ever did. I love that episode, even though it's silly. And I really do want to vote for Amy because I like Amy a lot and there there are lots of silly moments in in the devil's hands Are Idol play things, but you know the fact that Leela lost her hearing so she couldn't hear the sonnet that Fry made, so fry ended up, like they, they kept doing things for each other just for love, even though they, it was silly the the heart was there, and uh, you know how I am about heart, so I, I got to go with the devil's hands or Idol play things uh, Pete
3: um this was a tough one for me because I picked this episode cause it is one of my absolute favorite episodes. Uh, but then I also really love Amy. I think, uh, she's one of the more underplayed uh, characters on the show. Um, but I think sometimes she just really comes out and wows me, but, um, yeah, I, I, I gotta go with the devil's Hands I don't play things too. Just the way they just start singing at the end, everything's being sung and, even the audience is, is coming into it and rhyming. So I got to go with uh, Devil's
4: Hands. A vote for Devil's Hands. Uh, Mike. Uh,
5: this, this actually is kind of interesting. This was the last episode uh, uh, that was aired on Fox, and, and so I didn't see it. Um, there was a, a lot of problems with, uh, with Fox, and, uh, and I wound up missing a lot of the episodes in, in Season 4 uh, because they would get preempted, they would get moved, uh, and eventually having a hard time trying to actually catch episodes, I just sort of gave up. Um, so I didn't catch it until it was on DVD uh, many years later. And, and even though it's a great episode, uh, I think I'm going to vote for Amy uh, because she really started off as a character I was not particularly interested in, and she actually... I won't say she grew as a character, but she grew in terms of what she contributed to the show. And uh, she's actually kind of hot.
4: And
6: she's DTF.
4: Uh, Yessie?
6: She is not kind of hot. She is extremely hot. And smart. And rich. And sexually adventurous. So I I, I do love uh, The Devil's Hands. It's a great episode. But it does lose something by the fact that Futurama went on after that. You know, if it were the series finale, that would be one thing. But we, you know, we we we've gone on and we've played a little with the uh, the Fry and and Lilo relationship. While Amy, I just think she's you know one of those hidden strengths of the show. And after all, why is she still hanging out at Planet Express? I mean, she was you know, an intern while she was working on her PhD, uh, with the professor, but then she got it. And in the next episode, she's still there. And I just think that's one of the, uh, you know, amazing things that, you know, she's just amusing herself and, you know, maybe we're more like Fry in real life, but I think, you know, we, we like try to be Amy or we try to find someone like Amy, so uh, she's got
4: my vote. A vote for Amy. Let's see. It's all tied up. It comes down to you, Ben. Which one takes
1: the win? Wow, it's all tied up. Goodness gracious. This is actually all of a sudden tough now. Uh, oh, man. Um. Well, I think it's interesting... That Amy is kind of the token. On the surface, she's the token. She's kind of the token Ditz, which is a good role reversal for the token geek or nerd or whatever you see a lot of times now. Uh, but that episode is awesome. All right. Strictly on looking ahead, I'm I'm voting for Amy. A uh, vote for Amy, and she's DTF. DTF.
4: She really is. Seriously. <laughs> Actually, that's, of- that might have swayed my vote. <laughs> But Amy is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is Bender versus a Bender quote, which is the worst kind of discrimination. Is the kind against me?
3: Um. Well, in this case, I, I have to go with the character since it's the say it since it's the quote of the character. Um, I have to go to the character because he's just had so many great quotes. So I go with Bender
4: a uh, vote for bender mike
5: yeah this is uh this is a a a tough uh a tough luck of the draw for for the quote because you know technically if you're going to vote for bender you kind of get the quote along with it um that is not my favorite of the bender quotes it's not my favorite uh of the bender quotes uh from that episode necessarily um and and as much as i don't want to vote for bender because of uh, like I said, of, of having these sort of juggernauts plow through uh, when when they're characters uh, and Bender, you know, actually even wound up winning our best robot episode. Um, you know, he th- there's a reason why, and uh, and he is a great character, uh, and he's he's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm gonna vote for Bender. I uh, vote for Bender.
4: Yessie.
6: This is sort of a mathematical. Proposition, isn't it? If we've got the same thing on both sides of the equation, cancel each other out, and then you're left with ninety-nine percent of Bender, which is still pretty awesome. But I i do think that it's an amazing quote because it you know gets to the heart of uh you know, it, it's one of those techniques of Futurama, which is like, well, no one would actually say that, but when someone voices it, you start thinking and say, well. Actually, you know, maybe, maybe I do that, maybe uh you know, I have a bit of hypocrisy or whatever it is that I don't like in this character, but ultimately, I gotta give it to Bender,
4: another vote for Bender Ben <laughs>
1: um that just sucks because not only is he up against this, he's up against himself later too, and. I agree. Bender should be a juggernaut, and and uh, that's a tough one. But that quote, when I, I remember when I first heard it, I was sitting on the couch, and I was drinking a beer. And this is the, right at the beginning of the episode. And he says that I, I spit my drink out everywhere because that was such a funny statement to make. And I, I could not stop laughing. I think I missed the next five or six minutes of the episode because I couldn't get over that quote. So while I don't know, maybe Bender should move on, but I'm going to give the I'm going to give his quote a vote.
4: A uh, vote for the quote. I didn't miss anybody. I just missed writing it down because uh, Bender has already won. I'm voting for Bender too because Bender. And and you know what? I get to say "bite my shiny metal ass," which is not on this list at all, which is kind of amazing. Which is Bender's number one quote. Uh, but yeah bender is moving on we're on to our next fight mike this one is yours and mike you get to explain this one it is bender runs on booze versus the simpsons futurama crossover crisis which i'm assuming happened in comic book form. uh yes you are you are
5: correct um one of the things that i I do every once in a while is put something on here that i'm absolutely sure will lose because most people don't know about it but i put it on here to uh have a chance to talk about it and let people know about it um, so uh, I, I, I know Bender Runs on Boots is going to move on, um, but I'm going to vote for Simpsons Futurama Crossover Crisis uh, because it really was a lot of fun. Um, it's the only time they've actually crossed these two universes over, and it was in a comic book uh, miniseries. In the Simpsons universe, uh, Futurama is a fictional thing, and in the Futurama universe, The Simpsons is a, f- is a fictional thing and uh, I'm not going to tell you too much, but something happens that makes some of the characters from the fictional world pop into the real world and vice versa, um, and uh, and really is a lot of fun. It's the only time they've crossed over. Bongo Comics does not really get as much credit as it deserves because, uh, obviously, they, they really do a good job capturing the voice of the show, of the shows. Um, I really don't get a lot of Futurama Comics, or of, of the Bongo Comics, because, you know, you can kind of get... A lot of that from the shows but this is one that i really liked because we're probably never going to see this crossover in real life uh so the only place we're going to see it in the comics and it's a lot of fun you should check it out but uh, i know benders uh, runs on booze is going to win
4: no uh (laughs) a vote for the simpsons futurama crossover yussi well i i really enjoyed sort of uh
6: reading about it and discovering it uh and it, you know, it seems like a very interesting story, but two things against it. One, I have a problem when you uh, sort of go in, in reverse in terms of visual media. In other words, I think it's, you know, you can take a comic and make it into an animated series and then, you know, from TV move to movies. But when you try going in reverse, I, I read those Bongo comics. Um and I I can tell they're well-written. You know, the artwork is great. And yet there's just something missing because I'm so used to seeing it in, you know, that uh, that form of where it basically moves on my TV on, a, on a, of its own accord. And even though I like comics, it, it doesn't quite uh, connect with me. Uh, and then there's the other problem, which is, you know, sort of the way they get into each other's universe is you know i, I think it's it, it's a bit of a stretch to make such a you know a long story i think it would be great as a treehouse of horror i think it would have been great in you know 8 minutes whatever it was but you know from the, you know there was the the original and then the sequel and i just felt it got a little bit too complicated with you know throwing in uh, basically every uh, literary character ever you know, eventually became real, and then they had to get rid of them, and they had to get the Springfielders out of the uh, 31st century, it got a little bit too uh, complicated for me. So I am going to go with Bender Runs on Booze.
4: i vote for Bender Runs on Booze. Ben?
1: Well, Mike has definitely piqued my interest. Um, but Bender is a Dar, and I cannot vote against that. So Bender, Runs on Booze.
4: A vote for Bender Running on Booze. I'm going to vote for the uh, comic book crossover because, yeah, we are already going to talk about Bender in the next round anyway. So I want to hear more about this crossover. Mike, you can spoil it all on here if it moves on. I'm voting for uh, the Simpsons, uh, Superman, the Simpsons Futurama crossover because it's kind of like the Jetsons uh, Funstones crossover. Uh, Pete?
3: Um, yeah, I'm, I, I had to actually look this one up cause I had no idea. I'm like, there was a Simpsons Futurama crossover and I missed it. And then I realized it was in comic form. Um, and I'm not familiar with it, so I can't just vote out right on it because I don't think that's fair, but I can vote for Bender Runs on Booze because I know he does. So.
4: Lame.
6: Can I change my vote to Superman Futurama? Uh, I, I think that would be amazing.
1: Uh, sure. Actually, my, uh, Damon. Yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear more. I'm going to change my vote to the crossover crisis. All right.
4: Then the Super Simpsons, Superman, Futurama crossover crisis is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Uh, yesy, this one is yours. It is Kip and uh, Zap Brannigan's dysfunctional relationship versus Preacher Bot.
6: Well. Here, once again, we've arrived at something which is Futurama does it well, and only Futurama does it at all. I think in the case of uh, uh, Zapp's and Kip's relationship, we've got something great there. It's very well done. It's very entertaining. But at the end of the day, we've sort of seen that before. It's not the first time we've seen the incompetent commander, and the you know the second in command always has to rescue him, but he never gets the credit. Uh, You know, in a way, it's uh, Burns and and Smithers. So it's very well done, but then you have Preacher Bob, and you know he's my my brother in the cloth, and he is based on a, a black street preacher. But he can play anything because it's the church of robotology. It can, it can be anything. You need it to be uh, Jewish? We can do that. You need to be Catholic? We can do that. You need to be evangelical? We can do that. And that's one of the great things about Futurama. Sure, it's set in you know, the 30th and the 31st century, but it can comment on things happening in, in our time. And that's something which, say, you know, a uh, character like Reverend Lovejoy on, on The Simpsons, at the end of the day, he's clearly a Protestant minister of some sort. And so when you want to talk about something else, uh, some other aspect of religion, you got to drag in, uh, you know, a, a new character. Uh, but PreacherBot, he can do it all himself. So uh, Reverend Leonel uh, PreacherBot.
4: PreacherBot gets a vote.
6: Ben
1: uh i i do like kith and zaps relationship i mean it's more than just uh, the, uh it's more than just a mirror of other similar relationships in competent commander and whatnot but uh i mean they really dance on some very touchy t- uh touchy subjects with that and they do it they do it tactfully and i think they do it in a very subtle way which allows them to get away with it but the church of scientology was a little upset when they made the church of robotology and anything that will piss off the Scientologist is a vote on my book. So I'm going with the Preacher Bot. A vote for Preacher Bot. Uh,
4: I like how you guys keep t- dancing around it. It's Kirk and Spock, goddammit! That's their relationship. It is Kirk and Spock. Kiff is Spock. Zap is Kirk. The 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 inflated, like, cartoonish Kirk and cartoonish Spock, but that's what they are. And I love that relationship. Uh... I, I, I'm amazed that nobody brought it up. We, we were talking about, you, you bring up Benders and Jim Hadar the fight before, and you don't say Kirk and Spock. I'm going with Kiff and Zap. Uh, Pete?
3: Yeah, they have both had some good moments, but I, overall I, I think I have to go with Kiff and Zap just because I think that whole dysfunctional thing has made me laugh more than Preacher Rod.
4: It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mister Ortiz. Which one takes the win?
5: Uh, I am. I am going to go with Kif and Zapp, uh, precisely for what you said, Damon. Um, and it, it. It is actually. It is Kirk and Spock, but it's an inversion of it because uh, because Kirk uh, always understood what Spock brought to the cable, or to the table. Kirk uh, understood that he relied on Spock. Uh, whereas uh zap never does i mean zap doesn't e- even though he does actually rely on kif a lot and and because of that um kiff is is very uh he's very meek and and very sad and does not really uh does not really ever kind of live up to his full potential um but yeah i mean it's i i actually just wish zap were on here alone just because uh i absolutely love him and he's he is he is, a, in, in many ways, a better Kirk than Kirk himself. Um, so, yeah, I just the, the, that relationship has just been so much fun over the years, and it's one of my favorite parts of
4: Futurama. Praise Jeebus! Wasn't there Jeebus in the show? Uh, but Kiff and Zap is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Uh, ooh, this is a hard one. Ben, this one is yours. It is Emperor Lur,
1: Lur versus...
4: Hedonism bot.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I get to go first because I am the ruler of Omicron Percy I8. I'm voting for Lur. I'll vote for Lur.
4: Uh. Hmm. Yeah, no. I like Lur. I like Lur a lot. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things I had to did. I, yeah, stop eating our children. I had to, had to remove that quote because Michael was supposed to be on this episode and he does have the stop eating our children quote, but hedonism bot is completely unnecessary. Why would you build a robot to just sit there and be a hedonist? It serves no purpose. Bender's purpose is to bend things. Like Almost every other robot on the show has a purpose, and and there is a reason to build it. There is no reason to build hedonism bot. I love the shit out of hedonism bot, so I'm voting for hedonism bot. Pete?
3: Um... I've, I've thought to myself the same thing on many occasions. It's like, okay, what is, what is his purpose? And who created this, this, this robot to sit there and have oil poured over him? And why would you want to have a robot that required two assistants to fan him and feed him grapes? And, and that's all that it produces. Um, but, uh, I think Emperor Lur has to take it. He actually serves a
4: functional purpose in in the
5: in the, in the uh, universe. So, Emperor Lur, a vote for Lur, Mike. I uh, I think Hedonism Bot does serve a purpose. Uh, his purpose is to creep me the fuck out every time he's on there. Uh, <laughs> it, just watching him, it it makes me feel kind of slimy and sleazy and and weaselly. And he's his own reclining couch. Uh, and uh, you know the the episode where he. Uh, he pays Bender to vomit on him. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just some messed up stuff, and, and he's a messed up character. And I find that endlessly entertaining because I guess I must be a messed up character too. But uh, yeah, I'm going for hedonism bot.
4: A vote for hedonism bot. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Yessie. Which one takes the win?
6: Well, there was actually a race between Ben and me, who could uh, submit Lur first. I was checking the spelling of his name, and then I saw, whoa, he put it on his list. I guess I have to go find a different uh, sixth uh, contribution. And, you know, I could almost give it to Hedonism Bach because there are so many robots who didn't make it. You know, Calculon didn't make it, and uh, Robot Devil didn't make it. But at the end of the day, Lur is just, you know, isn't that what it would really be like if there were some... You know, invading alien. He would just be, you know, annoyed at his wife and, you know, uh, worried about his kids. And that's that's the great thing about Lur, and that he wasn't just you know one joke or in one episode. He keeps coming back,
4: so he's got my vote. Oh, vote for Lur. Uh, he doesn't bother in more episodes than Lur. Just just throwing that out there, but emperor Lur is moving on we're on to our next fight it is scruffy versus the bots and the bees and i don't remember the the episode the bots and the bees i don't remember what happens in it uh, i'm sure somebody might be able to remind me but uh i'm still voting for scruffy because i love the shit out of scruffy uh because he's well scruffy uh
3: pete oh this is a tough one for me but uh I think I think I, the Bots and the Bees was a good episode. Brownie was one of my favorites, from what I recall of it. That was the one where uh, Bender has a kid with the uh, vending machine, right? If I recall correctly. Um, yes. So I got to give it to Scruffy.
4: Another vote for Scruffy, Mike.
5: Yeah, I I know this is is you know going to sound kind of blasphemous, but uh, I've, I've never really understood quite the appeal of Scruffy. Um, it's it's to me, kind of a, a, a simple, fairly, you know, one note one note joke uh, that he's a, this background character that really,
0: I don't know. I don't even want to get
5: into it. Um, but yeah, the the bots and the bees was, was a, a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, it's a Bender episode. It's a robot episode. Those are all among my favorites. And uh, I guess I just don't quite get scruffy. There's
4: nothing to get when it comes to scruffy. Uh, Yossi? or oh, sorry, Yossi.
6: Yeah, I I uh love the bots and the bees. And for me, I'm pretty sure that's the only episode since the return. And and I think if I were to, you know, offer an argument for why Futurama needed to come back and why there were still tori- stories to tell, it's uh, you know, the bots and the bees is certainly a leading contender for that. Because in twenty minutes, twenty-one minutes, whatever it is, it just manages to tell you. The whole story. Now, I, you know, as I did my research, I discovered actually Bender already had a son, you know, a firstborn son. But you know, this was just everything from the you know the meeting with Bev, uh, I believe, played by Wanda Sykes, the the vending machine, and you know the the, the hate uh, love relationship between them. And then they have this kid, and all of the stages of his life, and he has a bot mitzvah and. It's just, I think, a, a perfect episode. And at the end of it, they, you know, they don't eliminate him. They, you know, it's it, it's obvious he's he, uh, Ben Bender's son is not really going to be joining the main cast, but he's still there, so they could go back to him. And I, I think that it does have emotional truth, even if you look at it and you say, okay, you know, did, did Bender really change over the course of the episode? You know, he seems to be pretty much still, uh, you know, an alcoholic, uh, uh, self-interested robot in the, in the next episode. But I, I think there is something significant which happens. And you could show anyone this episode. They don't need to know all the characters. They don't need to know all the storylines. It will connect with them. So, bots and the bees.
4: Mm-hmm. A vote for bots and the bees. It is all tied up and it comes down to you, Ben. Which one takes the win?
1: Well, this should be really easy. Um, well, Scruffy to me is always, and I'm not probably not right, of course, but he's always been kind of a cheap ripoff of Willie, groundskeeper Willie. And I did really like the Boss and the Bees episode, and his son is named Ben, and I can't vote against myself, so I'm going to go for the Boss and the Bees. Mm-hmm. I
4: vote for the Boss and the Bees. Oh, Scruffy goes down in flames. And we are at the last fight of the first round. Uh, well, Bots and Beasts moving on. Pete, this one is yours. It is Amazon Women in the Mood versus uh, Jared's pick. And it is one of the greatest drinks in the galaxy, Slurm.
3: Okay. Um, I have to go with uh, Amazon Women in the Mood just for the fact that they actually got Bea Arthur to be the uh, the, the voice of the uh, the female robot, the fembot in that episode, because uh, I thought that was... When I first saw that episode, I was like, wait a minute, that, that sounds like a golden girl. It is. Oh, my God. Um, so I got to go with Amazon in, it, Women in the Mood.
4: Uh, vote for Amazon Women in the Mood. Mike? Uh, I'm also
5: going to vote for Amazon Women in the Mood. Um, th- this is... Again, one of my all-time favorite episodes. This might be my favorite episode. Uh, it's a great uh, zap episode uh, from, you know, when the, the planet or the ship is crashing on the planet and he says, uh, you know, you win again, gravity, uh, to snoo-snoo, to I am available, to, I am available for snoo-snoo. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just hilarious. This is just a really well-written episode. It's a great character episode. Uh, Slurm uh, is, is a drink. Uh, i don't know a whole lot else about it it's it's certainly part of the universe but uh it's it in itself is not particularly funny
4: you're a fucking asshole mike uh go ahead uh, yessie
6: yeah i i want to say first of all rape hilarious and that's you know a point in the favor of uh amazon women even more the arthur Another point in his favor, and yet, I think I really had too much slurm, and I really need to pee. And I, I, I just remember, there was so much anticipation for Futurama in in '99. It was like there were these big ads in, in in you know the back page of every comic book. Drink slurm, and it was like, what is this? And then you know that is one of the amazing things about Futurama. They get you to believe in the world because of something like slurm that's what they drink and it 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 sounds horrible but you know apparently it's very addictive i gotta go with slurm
4: a vote for slurm ben
1: yeah i'm gonna throw my vote to the slimiest coal in the galaxy sluggo cola i mean uh slurm
4: another vote for slurm Drink Slurm. It's highly addictive. That is their tagline. <clears throat> and and don't get me wrong. I love Amazon Women in the Mood, but this is probably going to be the only time I get to read the ingredients of Slurm. Uh, the ingredients. And there is a, a uh, asterisk right at right there. And uh, right at the bottom, in really small letters, it says not the actual ingredients at all. But the ingredients are a dash of childlike whimsy, three scoops of galactic fairy dust, a generous sprinkling of joie de vivre. Uh, 12 droplets of Venetian morning dew, hand-picked wumpus berries, a a pinch of love, and the lilting laughter of a thousand Neptunian elves. Uh, Slurm is canned on the planet of Wormulon by cheerful Gronkula Lunkets, I I can't say that, under the watchful eye of her loyal majesty, the Slurm Queen. Uh, Surgeon General warning, Slurm may be habit-forming and or addictive. Drink at your own risk. I love that there is that much backstory to a fucking drink in the show. That means everything in the show has that much backstory. And, uh, yeah, I got to go with Slurm. I love the shit out of Slurm. And Slurm's McKenzie.
3: All right, yeah! But what about the fact that it's actually just a byproduct from the Slurm
4: Queen? That's what makes it even better, and the fact that they continue (laughs) to drink it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do
5: have one point to make about uh, Amazon women though now, not in, not trying to sway anybody's vote yeah. but uh, w- when you said uh, you know rape is funny uh, Zaf's exact words are the uh, the mind is willing well not exact words but his, his quote was the the mind is willing but the flesh is spongy and bruised so if the mind is willing it's not
4: rape yeah but uh yeah still voting for Slurm, slurm. I think it is in California <laughs> Uh, Only if he's been roofied with some slurm. Slurm—it's highly addictive—is moving on, and we will be back right after this thing of stuff with maybe stuff. I hope we put a put a slurm commercial in the middle of the episode because they have slurm That'd episodes or the uh, underpants commercial. I like the underpants dream. But anyway, so I, I, I wouldn't
5: put the slurm commercial in because if slurm wins, then that would be the outro. Oh.
4: Oh, so you now give it away if you leave this part of the episode slurman's money no. could be anyway we'll be back from 30th century fox
0: yeah. trapped oh, no. by a twist of fate and awakened Ooh. in a strange new world My God, it's the future one man will lose everything he knows my parents my girlfriend i'll never see any of them again Yahoo! And discover
6: everything he's dreamed of.
2: <laughs> Tourist the adventure.
0: Can I do the countdown? Knock yourself out. Ten. Nice. Okay, we're here. The romance. Strip naked and get on the Pobulator. The danger. We have you partially surrounded! The future is now. The story that's a thousand years ahead of its time. (laughs) From the creator of The Simpsons. Are we going to fly through space, fighting monsters, and teaching alien women to love? Futurama, premiering Sunday, March 28th, on Fox.
4: Bob!
2: We come from the net. Blogs, websites... Podcasts to this place, the, the Mainframe, Mainframe Chronicle. Chronicle. Our format, podcasters. To analyze and discuss, to discuss the shows we love, their strengths and flaws. We discuss them until our jaws ache.
0: Software pirates? Oh, this is bad. This is very bad. Megabyte
2: hit a delete command in the mask, just like you said. Only he didn't know because I should have copied and pasted the truth from the start.
0: I am the Crimson Bino! Well, get to work, you two. I don't keep you around for your brains now, do I? No, sir! Time-
2: The door
3: ever heard of a frisket
2: so many moods. so little time huh and millions of nanoseconds. This might even take one whole second!
0: Dot, can you read me? Dot! Not good. This is not good.
4: It's an infinite data. Alice, of
0: <sighs> What's that mean? Just run like you've never! careful, young Enzo. Remember that anything worthwhile
2: takes time. I couldn't figure out how to beat that music. I must be basic. I They say the listener lives outside the net.
3: And listens to podcasts.
2: No one knows for sure, what but we, we intend, intend to find out. out. Mainframe, Mainframe Chronicle. Chronicle. Join us as we explore the world of Mainframe and the adventures of Bob, Dot, and Enzo in the Mainframe Chronicle podcast. You can find us at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com, on Twitter at MFPodcast, or on Facebook and iTunes by searching Mainframe Chronicle.
5: This is Mark Lonsdale from Judo Training Development. You can find us on Facebook at Judo Training Development, and you are listening to Geek Fights.
4: Yeah, I I will continue to watch Free Drama, and we'll continue to talk about it right now. And oh, why you gotta laugh? Why you gotta laugh right now? I was gonna say, and we're back. Fuck! God damn it! Son of a bitch! Let me drink some of this slurm that's like six years old. Literally, this, this is six years old slurm. Because I think I got this when I was still working at Star Trek. Oh, I got this the year I found out I was losing my job from Star Trek The Experience. So that's like five years old. At least. But we're back. Doing what we do every week. Coming at you with Dear Forum B Trademark Geek Cred. Uh, who are we going to go to first? Um, let's go to the man with the legend, Mr. Peter Lucas. Uh, geek Cred? Is that what
3: we're doing now?
4: Uh, no, you were supposed to split your vagina for all of us. Yes, it's geek cred. <laughs> uh,
3: well, <clears throat> as uh, longtime listeners will know, I'm a third-generation geek. I learned to read on comic books. Um, I got introduced to the Star Trek universe when I was uh, about uh, five, sitting in the uh, family room watching episodes on, I think it was Channel 50 back then, reruns. Uh, I deal in uh, collectibles and comic books and uh, things of that nature on eBay. And I have uh, many action figures, movies, and comic books in my collection. Rock and roll!
4: Uh, how about you there, Yessie? What's your geek, cred?
6: Well, I always like to uh, use a story for that. Um, so when I was, I'm going to say six... Um, the biggest thing, the toy that I really wanted was the lion Voltron with, you know, all five lions separate and the pilots. And my parents promised me that they were going to get me that. Um, and, uh, then I went off to someone else's birthday party. They came back and they said, well, we got this box. What is it? It's called a VCR. Now I should be grateful that it was a VHS and not a Betamax, but, I was a little bit disappointed because it's like, well, it's great that you rented Voltron, but I wanted Voltron. So I was really, you know, an ungrateful little prick. But then in 2001, and I believe I should thank Mitt Romney for this because he drove KB Toys into bankruptcy. But I found a KB Toys, which was going out of business, and they had... This Voltron with the uh, five Lions, with the five pilots, and, uh, you know, I was on my engagement uh, trip to the States, but I said, I'm going to buy that Lion Voltron for 20 bucks, and uh, my son is playing with it today. And we've lost all the missiles and everything else, and I think we've only got Keith left of the pilots, but still, the point is, never give up on that geek dream.
4: Never surrender. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I had to go there. Uh, Ben, what is your geek cred?
1: I have no geek cred except for that I've listened to all 127 of current Geek Fight episodes and have never shut my iPod off. Well, Well, I can't even say that.
4: (laughs) Even Twin Peaks?
1: Even Twin Peaks, I've never seen that show.
4: Wow. Jesus Christ, dude. Are you okay? Not mentally though. Iconic, 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 iconic.
1: God, <laughs> you mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <this is> bullshit! <laughs> I'm, I hope we're going to go the whole episode without
4: any of that crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't mean to. Did I say iconic? <laughs> I didn't mean to say iconic. Oh, it's too early in the day. But uh, we're gonna jump back into the fights. Well, it's too early the day for you because you're in Arizona. But it's almost eleven o'clock at night for uh, Yosi. I'm sorry, Yossi, uh, over there in Israel in
3: Jerusalem.
4: That's right. And my brandy is almost gone. Is it Saurian? You Sorian?
3: know
6: it should be, See? but it's uh, 84. That's the brand. So uh, I, I like that's Sor-
4: as Orwellian. Yeah. It's not, it's not Sory and Brandy, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Mike, let's let's jump back into these fights. All Ready? right, it's yours. It's iconic. It is Nibbler versus where no fan has gone before.
5: Uh, th- this is is really tough. Um, I am a huge fan of of Nibbler. Uh, I actually had a cat that uh, we we nicknamed Nibbler because she kind of reminded us of Nibbler. Uh, if, if we're no fan had gone before, we're just, just kind of a, a simple Star Trek riff. I, I probably could could vote against it here. But because, I mean, it's got a big sparkly cloud, which is, is very Star Trek. And the big sparkly cloud itself is a fan uh, who is kind of obnoxious, which is also very Star Trek. And because there is a weird personal satisfaction with this particular episode, uh, like I had mentioned before, I used to re- record Futurama, and then if like the football game would go long, it would start late. So I missed the beginning of or the end of this episode when it was uh, first run, and then uh, the show was canceled shortly after that. I missed a lot of the episodes after it. I didn't see the ending of this episode until it came out on DVD, and and that made me so happy. I had been waiting, and I, and I, and when it came out, I was actually watching all the episodes in order, and I wouldn't break that. So I was kind of in anticipation, like, okay, only three more episodes to get through until we get to the Star Trek, only two more episodes to get to. So because it was such a long wait and ultimately a great payoff, uh, I will go with Where No Fan Has Gone Before.
4: Uh, vote for Where No Fan Has Gone Before. Yesy.
6: Well, I know it's a little bit unfair, but I just feel like the Nibbler thing has been done so many times i mean maybe we should blame it on uh, seth MacFarlane, but you know we've had oh well the baby talks and the alien talks and the dog talks and the bear talks and um the fish talks but okay so nibbler is you know he also talks he's a pet who talks and i you know once again it's that question of does Futurama do it well or does Futurama do it in a way that no one else does it? And I think that where no fan has gone before, I mean, I love that I voted against it last time, but it, even so it went through. That's awesome. And I, I'm definitely going to vote for it this time where no fan has gone before.
4: A Vote for where no fan has gone before. Ben.
1: I regret I regret that we met in this way. You and I are of a kind. In a different reality, I could have called you friend. Ah, yes. Episode 9, Balance of Terror. Episode 10, ha ha ha, I win! Where no fan has gone before. What? Oh.
4: Never mind. A vote for where no fan has gone before. Um. Yeah, Nibbler's not a pet. I don't know. I. I, I it's one of those... Ill-conceived things. He's he's not a pet. He's just another alien that happens to live with them. Like he he he's content to hang out and be fed by Leela, but he's he's not a pet. He never was. Uh, so I'm I'm going to vote for Nibbler and uh, Pete. Um, you
3: yeah, know was a quote that uh, Nichelle Nichols had, and this is like the uh, star the Philadelphia Star Trek convention all over again. It is a great episode, but I. I, I have to show some love
4: for the Nibbler. Nibbler gets another vote. But where no fan has gone before is moving on through, and we're on to our next fight. Yes, see, this one is yours. It is Math Jokes versus Fry.
6: Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with what I said before. And Math Jokes, I wish I got all of them. We maybe half of them. And, uh... That's good, because it's, you know, challenging me. And Fry is, yes, he is our point of entry into the, into the series, but he's, you know, ultimately ends up being another one of those guys who's the, you know, uh, fat loser who somehow gets the hot chick. So I'm going to go with math. Going with
4: math jokes. Ben.
1: Yeah, well, pie says the I get real. And I says the pie get rational. I'm going with math jokes.
4: A vote for math jokes. All this fry hate. Uh, He does not get the hot chick. What what are you talking about? There's an on again, off again relationship with a girl who has one eye. She's a girl that has one eye. It's kind of freaky, dude. Haven't you ever seen those pictures of women where they where, where they've done real life Leela where they've blown up a woman's eye to one and it's freakish. It's like, ah, uh, but he's okay with that. She's not the hot chick. It's just everybody around because Amy's the hot chick. Yeah, Amy is the hot chick. She's DTF and she's a hot chick. Uh, and, and Fry. Fry they, they use him perfectly because sometimes he's the point of entry, and sometimes he's just a part of the show. He and and he he falls back into the secondary role, but it's when they do something weird on the show, and we are all watching it and going, that's weird. If Fry isn't there to go, that's weird, there is no explanation for us. It's just another math joke where it goes over our heads and we don't get it. I love the shit out of Fry, one of my favorite characters of all time. I'm voting for Philip J. Fry. Uh, Pete?
3: Uh... Yeah, the math jokes are, uh, like I say they kind of go over my head a lot of times because I am just not a math person. Uh, so I also have to go with Fry because I think he is a fantastic character.
4: It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Mike. Which one takes the win? So
5: I, I, I was all set to, to vote for Fry, and then Ben uh, did that math joke, which was great. Uh, and then I remembered Fry is his own ancestor, so
4: Fry. <laughs> Fry is his own granddaddy because he banged his grandma a vote for Fry and Fry is moving on we're on to our next fight Ben this one is yours it is good news everyone versus oh, Nixon's head
1: um, I, I mean I, all the heads are funny and I, and I love the idea of having those heads in jars uh, preserved for all time and Nixon's a great, great character in there. But good news, everybody, is a vote for the professor. And if the professor is not represented as himself, I have to vote for what everybody can quote. Everybody, even the people don't watch Futurama, they can all say, good news, everybody. So I'm voting for the quote.
4: Uh, vote for good news, everyone. And everybody talks about how unfunny and you know what's coming. Uh, good news, everyone is. And one of those things is, you, you, you are right. You do know it's coming. It's always good news for the professor. He very rarely says bad news for him. He will say, good news, everyone. And then they will say, that's not good news, professor. Oh, well. And he continues on. I I, I love that his catchphrase is good news, everyone. And uh, yeah, I got to go with that. I love Nixon's head. I love uh, Robot Nixon. Uh, I I love everything about Nixon, but Uh, I'm going to go with uh, good news, everyone, as a vote for the professor.
3: Pete? Uh, I also have to vote for good news, everyone. Uh, You know something bad's coming, but some of the stuff that they pull out is just so ridiculous. um, And I love it. Good news, everyone.
4: Good news, everyone. Mike? Uh, I will vote for
5: uh, Nixon's head uh, for two reasons. One, uh, as a vote for all of the heads in jars, uh, I think that that's actually a hilarious part of the show, um, and and also good news everyone is uh, is basically just kind of a catchphrase, which is not really unique to Futurama. Whereas the the notion of a future with everyone with heads in, in a jar uh, is actually very uh, unique to Futurama, and uh, and also uh, I'll just throw a little sort of half vote to that. Uh, doesn't he have Spiro Agnew's body? Isn't that kind of uh, what, what the head is resting on? Which I also think is very funny because a lot of people don't even know who Spiro Agnew is.
4: Yeah, there's headless Agnew. Uh, vote for Nixon's head. And Yessi.
6: Well, Mike, you you stole it from me because it's, it's all about the Agnew. If you've got Nixon's head, you've got Agnew's body. And Agnew, of course, is the highest office ever achieved by someone from Maryland and my wife is from Baltimore, so Omar coming, Nixon's head.
4: A vote for Nixon's head, but good news, everyone. Good news, everyone is moving on, <laughs> and we're on to our next fight. Uh, it is Zoidberg versus Hypnotoad, and and seriously, uh, I I love 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 a Hypnotoad, but Zoidberg Zoidberg totally has to win I, I mean, I love the shit out of Zoidberg, Zoidberg episodes Zoidberg's uncle uh, the fact that he had hair and then he turned stark white I, I love everything there is about Zoidberg, he is my favorite character and I've got a i have got to I will vote for toad. <laughs> uh, well I Oh shit. I guess I'm I'm voting for Hypnotoad.
3: Uh Pete. Um Yeah, while while I have enjoyed Zoidberg's episodes, I think Hypnotoad has been used just not quite enough to make it over the top, but but just enough to to always like to see him pop up. So I I'm going to go with Hypnotoad.
4: Another vote for Hypnotoad. Mike.
5: The answer to the question, why not Zoidberg, is because I must vote for Hypnotoad.
6: Uh, Yassi. I have to stay faithful to
4: uh,
6: my Hebrew brother. And that's Zoidberg. John A.
4: Zoidberg. John A. Zoidberg. Ben.
1: Alright, so I have to remember the time I realized I loved Futurama and Zoidberg was going through his mating ritual and he's going crazy and somebody screams somebody get a doctor! And Zoidberg runs across the screen and goes, I am a doctor! What was that? To for
4: <laughs> You're voting for Hypnotoad. <laughs> I must it's vote back for Hypnotoad. History. And Hypnotoad is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is the DVD commentaries versus Amy.
3: Ooh. Um, in this case, I think I'm going to have to vote for uh, the chick, so I'm going with Amy.
4: A vote for Amy. Mike.
5: Yeah, this uh, this is kind of tough. Whoops, sorry about that. Uh, this is kind of tough because I love the DVD commentaries. Um, uh, my appreciation for Amy actually grew, uh, after, after last round and and a lot of her other attributes have been pointed out. Um, hmm. Uh, you know, I'll stick with the DVD commentaries, uh, because we've got a lot of, uh, of character type stuff moving ahead. And the DVD commentary is something that, uh, for me, it is very unique to Futurama because there are no DVD commentaries that are as good as the Futurama commentaries. A vote for the
4: commentaries. Yussi.
6: One Wong makes a right.
4: A vote for Amy Wong. Ben.
1: Yeah, I want uh, only you know, DVD commentaries, I can imagine they're pretty funny. Especially if they put a, they put so much labor into them as you have described, but they're not on television. And I think that a lot of people who watch trauma you know, may not all of them buy the DVDs. And so I think we kind of have to stick to things that everybody has seen, even though the DVD commentaries might be really awesome. So I'm gonna vote for Amy. A
4: vote for Amy. But the DVD commentaries, ah, uh, the DVD commentaries kept Futurama alive because what ended up happening was show goes off the air and it's gone and you missed it and you're like ah oh. and then season one comes out and you're like okay well let me listen to a commentary or two because you think it's, it's a season you think you're only going to get two seasons two three episodes of commentaries and then you find out every single episode has a commentary and not only do, are there commentaries There are backstories about every single episode. So every time a new season came out, you got to find out that much more about the universe that no longer existed. It was gone. The DVD commentaries kept Futurama alive until uh, until the season three commentaries were like, we might have a movie deal. You know, the DVD sales are pretty good. We might be able to do a movie. And then season four comes out, we're going to be doing a movie. As a matter of fact, it'll be out later. And on the movie commentaries, you find out we're going to do multiple movies. There's a possibility that we might end up on Comedy Central. Who knows? It kept Futurama alive. It kept the, the, the news. Oh, you could have looked it up online. Fuck looking it up online. I got it word of mouth from the fucking creators of the show. I love the DVD commentaries. Uh, I love you, Amy, but I got to go with DVD commentaries. Nobody's changing their vote. Fuck all of you, Amy that DTF lady is moving on and we're on to our next fight Mike this one is yours it is Bender versus the Simpsons Commentary crossover
5: uh, well I'm, I'm surprised that the Simpsons Commentary crossover actually moved ahead um, I, I enjoy it a, a great deal um, you know I, I didn't mention a lot about it before uh, the, it, it basically keys off that episode with the flying brains where they start bringing um, fictional things into reality and, uh, and that's what they wind up doing is they bring the Simpsons in from, uh, from a Simpsons comic book. Uh, there's a lot of commentary on comic books and things like that. Uh, and what, that's one of the things that I liked about uh, what Bongo does with its comics is it puts a lot more comic book-specific pop, pop culture references in there. Because obviously that, that target audience is going to get it more so than a mainstream audience. Um, but as much as I dig it, it's still not better than Bender. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I keep fighting myself on this. Like I said before, I, I, Bender's kind of a juggernaut. Um, and, I, and I don't want him to move forward because I don't like juggernauts on the show. But sometimes juggernauts are just that way because um, they really are that good. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it just starts coming down to little moments. Like uh, when, um, when he opened up his, uh, his chest plate and it said Made in Mexico and then it fell off. Uh just so many little moments like that. I mean the big stuff with Bender being obnoxious, that's uh there are lots of characters on TV that are kind of obnoxious uh people, but it's those just tiny little moments with Bender that are absolutely hilarious. Um and uh and yeah, I'm gonna vote for
4: Bender. Uh vote for Bender. Yesie.
6: I know Bender runs on booze, already went out, but I'm running on booze right now, so Bender.
4: A vote for Bender. Uh, Well, Bender Runs on Booze went out, but Bender's still in it, so you get to say Bender Runs on Booze, and that's why you're voting for it. Yay! But but Bender gets another vote.
1: Uh, Ben? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm going to vote for Bender's top ten most frequently uttered words. Ass, daffodil, shiny, my, bite, pitmobile, up, yours, chump Chump, or Bender?
4: A vote for Bender? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I like the fact that they told him there's a bomb inside of his his, his ass that if he says one of his ten, mo- it's one of the words, but they they don't remember which word it is. He, he he'll blow up and take out a planet. Like he he has a gigantic bomb inside of him, and he's like, "Well, what word is it?" Is it, and then he just starts railing out, just rattling off words. Is it, is it this word? And he says, Is it this word? And if it was that word, he would explode. Like, I, I love that about Bender. Uh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Bender Bending Rodriguez. Isn't that his full name? Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, so mm-hmm. a vote for Bender. And Pete, is it a clean sweep?
3: Uh, it is a clean sweep. I don't believe it said. Didn't it actually say when you opened up the plate, Heche in Mexico? I don't remember. But anyway, I'm making a clean sweep. It's definitely Bender.
4: See? Bender. Moving on. And we're on to our next fight. Yeah, see, this one is yours. It is Kiff and Zap's dysfunctional relationship versus Lur. Yeah, I'm still
6: on uh, Lur's team. I. You know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, Kiff and Zap, that's basically uh, Kirk and Spock. But still, there's something about Lur. He's just sort of, he's me, he's us, he's, he, you know, this awkward position of, you know, on, on the one hand, this powerful alien conqueror, on the other hand, he's just sort of, stuck in his position and this is sort of what he's got to do. And I I just love that that view of um you know alien culture and the the invaders it's sort of like okay, what else can we do? You know, we we we're, we're, we're uh, stuck in this in this position and you know we can't come back to the wife and say, "Oh, we didn't conquer Earth." So,
1: lur lur it's a vote. Uh, ben. I love the fact that the most powerful man on this planet is also impotent and needs human horn. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I, I, I really enjoy uh, the, the relationship, mostly because we get to see a lot. Of, that's when we get to see the most zap. And uh, I really do. Enjoy the way they play off each other. It's it's just great. Um, and this is it's so tough, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, I think I'll I think I'll go with Emperor Lur though.
4: A vote for lure. Uh, let's see. Stop eating our young, and it's pronounced guacamole, or did he call it guacamole? I don't know, but that's a lure quote. I'm almost positive it's a lure quote, isn't it? Someone, please. Bueller dealer why, why will nobody because because they were eating the, the, the they were eating their children nobody uh, remembers yeah i remember that one now of yeah the poplars. Yeah. stop eating our children It's it's out guacamole uh he's hilarious
6: i'm waiting right now for some avocados to be ready
4: so but uh yeah that's pie but I will be voting for Kiff and Zap because Lur is in like five episodes, and he's great in those five episodes. But uh, every time Kiff and or Zap Branigan appear on screen, I love them. I love the fact that Zap is a horrible commander. He's probably one of the worst people in the history of human beings, and uh, <laughs> and Kiff just keeps him afloat enough to squeak by. Uh, so yeah, I got to go with Kiff and Zap. Uh, Pete.
3: Yeah. Now, now you made me think because I was leaning towards, uh, the whole, I was just remembering the whole human horn thing and remembering how funny that episode was. And when you mentioned how bad Zap Brannigan was, I was just thinking about the episode in which he attempts to cut the, uh, the yellow ribbon with the laser and killing everybody on board. <laughs> and, and still winds up getting his job back even after all that. Um I, I gotta go with Lur.
5: A vote for Lur, Mike. Uh, I will stick with Kiff and Zap. Uh Kif is uh banging Amy. Uh which means he is awesome. Um now, uh, Zaf banged Lila and, and Lila's mom, too, didn't he? Uh, which also yeah. means he's awesome. Uh, and in addition, Zaf, no matter what angle you see him at, his tunic is just barely covering his balls. So,
4: Zaf and
6: Kevin. He is Petraeus. No, he's
4: not Petraeus. <laughs> Petraeus was good at his job. In, in, number one. <laughs> and he was pretty good at hiding these affairs until one of the crazy women started talking. Uh, but Lurr is moving on into the next round. Mama said, Spock, you out. I, I just had to say those because those were two of, uh, of Michael's picks. But Lurr is moving on, and we're on for our next fight. Ben, this one is yours. It is the bots and the bees versus Slurm.
1: Slurm. Uh, yeah, I liked the, the episode Boston and the Beast, but I, in some ways, well, I don't want to say that. But Damian, you made a great point that that drink, while it's just a drink, you know, has all the backstory to it. And I think that's one of the best things about Futurama is how well thought out that universe is. They they don't miss a thing. And I think the, the Slurm is, is just a great example of that. So my vote is for Slurm
4: slurm gets a vote no slurm gets two votes because uh yeah i'm slurms mckenzie Uh, 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 uh. please kill me didn't he say yes please kill me he did say please kill me i love that i and then i love the fact that when when they find out what slurm is they are all horribly disgusted and they're and while they're making the horribly disgusted face, Fry takes another drink. <laughs> like, I love everything about Slurm. I love the Slurm episodes. I love that it still pops up in the background. I am voting for Slurm. Pete?
3: I'm Scruffy, the janitor. I gotta go with Scruffy.
4: But it's the bots and the bees, and Scruffy lost.
3: Oh, he Versus did? Slurm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go with Slurm
4: then.
5: Slurm, Mike. Uh, even though I didn't vote for Slurm before, uh, and I do really like the the bots and the bees, uh, the bots and the bees really uh, the the core of the episode is the is the female drink dispenser that uh, that Bender gets it on with, and uh, and she actually does dispense Slurm. So, uh, and it make and that Slurm makes Fry uh, glow in the dark. Uh, so right. I will have to vote for Slurm.
4: Another vote for Slurm. Yes, he is in a clean sweep. Well, I mean,
6: Mike just outmaneuvered me. It's uh, yeah, that, that that's the central part of the episode. That's Fry's part in it. That he drinks Slurm Loco, and uh, that that turns him into a giant light bulb. So I gotta go with Slurm.
4: A vote for Slurm. Far Loco. I I forgot they made Far Loco jokes on this show. But Slurm is moving on in a clean sweep. We are on to our next fight. It's for a spot in the final four. It's where no fan has gone before versus Fry. Uh, that's me. Uh, this kind of sucks. But. I think I can eat. You know what? I'm gonna go with Fry, but but for his performance and where no fan has gone before, because he's a Star Trek fan. At least he's somewhat of a Star Trek fan, and and his level of fandom is about what mine is. Well, actually, it's way lower than what mine is. But I, I like that he was he was an average fan and not a crazy fan. I, and I like the crazy fan being an alien. And I just like Fry. I like everything about him. I like the fact that. I think I would be fry because fry by uh, by any actual reasonable person. If you go into the future by fifty to a hundred years, let's let's not even talk about a thousand. Fifty to one hundred years. If you were popped into the future and now you were told everybody that you know has died, and this is how you're going to you're going to have to live in this universe that you do not understand, you w- most people wouldn't be able to cope with that because it would fry your brain. You're used to other things. Fry rolls with the fucking punches. And, and that's what he does. He's like, hey, you know, all, all my loved ones are dead. But I've got my nephew, the professor, which everybody keeps forgetting that he's his nephew. And, and, he, and he just goes, uh, rolls with the punches. I, I love that about Fry. And oh, this bad thing happened. Ah, I just rolled the punches. I lost a hand. Fr- professor, could you make me a new hand? What? Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Fry. I love Fry. I love you so much, Fry. I love you so much. Ah, uh, Pete.
3: Um, yeah, I have to. I have to follow that also. I, Fry is just such. The, the show just would not work the way it does without him. He is just such a. I mean, I know he's a juggernaut, but there's a reason he's a juggernaut. So I got to go with Fry. Uh,
4: he is not a juggernaut. I don't know if you've noticed the other two people, other than Mike, have voted against Fry consistently. Uh, Mike.
3: Out of the characters that are left that are left, though.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am going to vote for where no fan has gone before. Uh, I, I do love Fry, and, and I think Fry was great in this episode, and he's great in, in most episodes. Uh, I'm voting for no where no fan has gone before. Uh, one because I want to keep some some more episodes on this list. We've got uh, a lot of of characters. Uh, we're kind of a dominance of characters, and uh, you know this is not best Futurama character. That would be a different episode. Maybe we could do that one too. Um, but to just to kind of keep the conversation alive and, and a little bit different. Uh, and, and then just because there's a lot of interesting moments in that episode. I mean, you get that fusion of the Planet Express ship and the Enterprise. Uh, the the Star Trek cast starts off as heads in jars, which I love, and then they get their bodies back. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of great Star Trek moments. That the, Doesn't that episode end with a shot of Kith, uh done up like uh, – God, what the hell is that alien name? Um, from, uh, from the Corbomite I- maneuver uh, that just sort of shot of him staring ahead blankly. Uh, there's, there's really a lot of great Star Trek references in there. And that's, that's one of the things that is great about Futurama is, is its great pop culture references. And uh, this is really the last best vestige of that uh, in this fight. So I will stick with where no fan has gone
4: before. A uh, vote for where no fan has gone before. Yussi.
6: Well, I I feel that Fry at this point is sort of like the geeks in uh, Big Bang Theory where we, you know, we sort of like them and we root for them, but there's just something, you know, overpowering them and... I love where no fan has gone before and, and Fry at the end of the day, he's, you know, he, he, he epitomizes the, the idea of the, you know, the loser who sort of survives despite it all. But I, I just feel that he's, he's not the best of Futurama. So I'm going with uh, where no fan has gone before.
4: A vote for where no fan has gone before. But Fry isn't a loser. Look at the show. Watch it again. He's not a loser. He's not a loser at all. He was a loser in the 20th century. Not in Futurama. It's all tied up. It comes down to you there, Ben. Which one takes the win?
1: Damon, your predictive powers are amazing. But... uh Here's the thing about Fry, and I mean, I like all the characters pretty much in Futurama. I think that's probably why we mostly watch this show. Um, but the thing about Fry, though, is that he doesn't work for me all by himself. He only works for me as a, as in, in relationships with the other characters. I don't like him all by himself. He's best when he's responding to people. And without the setup, Fry really falls kind of flat. For me, whereas where no fan has gone before is awesome from start to finish, and I'm going to vote for that.
4: Uh, and it wasn't predictive for deductive reasoning; it was just you guys both voted against Fry from Jump Street. I was listening to you people. Fuck you all. Where no fan has gone before is moving on. Fuck you, Mike. Fry goes down in flames. We are on to our next fight, Pete. This one is yours. It is. Good news, everyone, versus the Hypnotoad.
3: Oh, um, I, I have to ride the Hypnotoad. I wouldn't want I to ride. Just, I just love the Hypnotoad. A vote for Hypnotoad.
5: Mike? Uh, reason number one, uh, all hail Hypnotoad. Reason number two, uh, I actually want to see a picture of Pete riding the Hypnotoad. Uh, reason number three, uh, Hypnotoad is the most uh, popular TV show uh, in the world, in, um, in the future.
4: In, so, in the universe. In, in the universe,
5: universe. Even
4: better. So, uh, I'll Hypnotoad. A Vote for Hypnotoad. Uh, yesy. I resist.
6: Hubert J. Farnsworth.
4: Well, uh, that would be nice if somebody put him on the list, but it's just a quote. <laughs> good news, everyone. Are you voting for good news, everyone? Well, it's his quote, right? Yeah. good news, everyone.
1: I'll vote for good news, everyone. Ben? Um. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so hard to resist. Uh, but uh, Hypnoto is kind of one note. Uh, you know, I know people have said that good news, everyone, always predicts disaster that's not that's not actually true uh i think that's kind of what's most popular about it but every now and again they, they throw a little wrench in the system and uh um i really like that quote a lot uh yo man it's so hard to resist but good news everyone
4: i am yes Uh, Vote for good news, everyone. And yeah, Hypnotoad is absolutely one note. Uh, There's nothing really that fabulous about Hypnotoad. Uh, Good news, everyone, is kind of one note, but like you said, it does shift all the time. It changes into different things. The things we remember is when he says something horrible because it's hilarious and it's not good news, but every now and again, he does just give good news. And they go, oh, that's great, professor. And they move on. And those are the ones you forget. So I totally Have to vote for must vote for Hypnotoad. Ow my head. Ow. Oh Jesus. Oh, what the fuck? I'm voting for Hypnotoad. What the fuck is going on? No, stay strong. I'm voting for Hypnotoad. Hypnotoad is into the final four. Weird. Uh, Mike, this fight is yours. It's kind of a doozy. It is uh Amy versus Bender.
5: Uh, Amy versus Bender. This uh, this is a tough one. They're both uh, great uh, characters. Uh, Amy has grown on me a lot uh, over the years, but that's because Bender has not had to. Um, Bender, I think, is more uh, integral to the show. I think you could pull Amy out of the show without losing a lot. Uh, but uh, Bender was kind of... A, a key from the start, it really was Fry and Bender's show. And since uh, Fry is not moving on, uh, Bender should.
4: Fry isn't moving on because of you, asshole. A vote for Bender. I just
5: uh, knew you were going to say that, too. I,
4: I had to because it was because of you, uh, <laughs> Yesy.
2: Yeah, I, I
6: just keep thinking about that episode in which Fry is in the robot insane asylum. And it just disturbs me.
4: Amy. A vote for Amy.
1: Ben. Yeah, I think you guys are missing something. Amy sucks. She probably might just be the one character I don't like on Futurama. Bender is awesome. Crazy if you vote against them. Vote for Bender. A vote for Bender. I should
4: vote for Bender, but I'm not voting for Bender because Amy is a better character today than Bender is today. Bender hasn't really done... Uh, the, the the recent Bender episodes have not been as good as the recent Amy episodes. Not saying that Bender has really lost anything, but he's pretty much stayed the same. I think he might have peaked on uh, Bender's big score. I think that might have been the peak of Bender for me, at least. Uh, and that's that's great. I love the shit out of Bender's big score uh, but a- ever since then, Bender kind of falls flat for me whereas Amy, because they haven't used her as much, they keep get to keep adding on to the lore of Amy and uh, she's DTF, she's super smart, she's got a sense of humor, uh, she's one of the cool kids quote unquote I-, I like Amy to death, so I'm gonna vote for Amy. It is all, and she's rich. And she's rich. And she's got rich parents. And they have two casinos, three casinos. I can't remember how many it was. But uh, it's all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which one takes the win?
3: Ooh. This is a toughie. I've liked Bender ever since the beginning. I've liked Amy ever since the beginning, but she's really grown as a character. Um, and she does suck, but she apparently does it quite well because Fry kept going back. So uh, I'll go with Amy.
1: A uh, vote
3: for Amy and oh,
1: and everybody's a jerk. Uh,
3: Amy's you,
4: Amy's also a ro- this jerk. <laughs> Amy, Amy is also a robosexual because she banged Bender. Don't forget
1: that. And Bender's DTF too.
4: And Bender is DTF, but Amy is in the final four. And for the last spot in the final four, it goes to you, Yessie. It is Lur versus Slurm. Oh wow, this is hard. Um.
6: so well I, I guess I gotta go with Slurm. It's it's just um pervasive. You know, and Lur never really caught on in in you know the earth uh, commercial
1: market. I'm going with Slurm.
4: Uh vote for Slurm,
1: Ben Lur I can't believe that you are betraying him. I'm voting for Emperor Lur. A vote for Emperor Lur. Yeah, I'm voting
4: for Slurm and everything that it includes inside of it, including uh, I'm voting for the 12 droplets of Venetian morning dew, uh, the lilting laughter of a thousand Neptunian elves, a dash of childlike whimsy, and a pinch of love. All of that is inside of Slurm, and and for that reason, and many more, I will be voting for Slurm. Uh, Pete.
3: Um. Well, I was just thinking about Lur, and I was thinking that uh, I was re- remembered about the uh, episode when they were attacking Earth, and they go to a, a shot of Space Invaders, and he's like, "Does anybody have any quarters so I can wash my cape?" And then the single white female episode, which I thought was a riot. So, uh, I I gotta go with Lur.
4: Uh, vote for Emperor Lur. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Mike. Which one takes the win?
5: This is, this is strange. Um, hmm. I have not actually voted for Lur at all, have I? So that would be very odd for me to vote for it here. Uh, So I will vote for Slurm, because when you say Slurm, you are also saying Lur.
4: A vote for Slurm, and Slurm is into the final four. Slurm's McKenzie. Please kill me. Our final four is Where No Fan Has Gone Before versus Hypnotoad, and Amy versus Slurm. Yep, nobody saw that coming. Fuck everybody that, that knew the final four beforehand. Uh, ben, this fight is yours. It is where no fan has gone before versus Hypnotoad. What is your vote?
1: Okay. If there's anything that can fight the power of the Hypnotoad, the Hypnoto- it's Captain Kirk. That's the only way the Hypnotoad can be defeated, is if we let, unleash Kirk right now and let him take him out. Um, I'm go- voting for where no fan has gone before a vote
4: for no where no fan has gone before well, let me just turn off my tv that there we go tv is off let's see uh where no fan has gone before versus Hypnotoad. uh like i said before i i don't know why uh, hypno is one note and uh god you know i i but i i am holding a lot of spite against where no fan has gone before because it should be Fry, goddammit. Philip J. Fry, I love the shit out of him, but where no fan has gone before does have Fry in it, and there is no Hypnotoad in that episode, not that I can think of, but I actually, without doing the Hypnotoad noise, I'm going to vote for Hypnotoad, because when Futurama was going to come back, the ad that they put out was just an ad, it was just Hypnotoad, and that was it. It was just it was just Hypnotoad. It was thirty seconds of Hypnotoad. I wish I could find it. And it was just and then and then it was. I think they flashed the time it was coming on Comedy Central. But it was just Hypnotoad. That was the ad. I love the shit out of him. Uh, I'm gonna vote for Hypnotoad. Pete. This is a tough one. Uh, I put Hypnotoad on the
3: list, and uh, I actually didn't think it would get this far. Um, and Where No Fan Has Gone Before is such a great episode. Um, but what the hell, I'm riding that Hypnotoad till the end. Hypnotoad.
4: i vote for Hypnotoad. Mike. Uh,
5: I love Where No Fan Has Gone Before. It is one of my favorite episodes. Um, it is a great episode. It is funny from start to finish. But it is funny from start to finish because of Star Trek. Um, if you remove the Star Trek from it, then it's not funny. And we really can't say that the best of Futurama is a completely different TV show. So I am sticking with Hypnotoad.
4: Okay, double fuck you, Mike. Double fuck you. I'll vote for Hypnotoad. Uh, Yossi. Um Well...
6: I didn't think where has no fan gone, gone before would uh, last this long, but it has. And ultimately, it's one of the best episodes of Futurama. And it, uh, it can beat Hypnotoad. It really can. All we need is uh, all power to phasers well where no fan has gone before.
4: Uh, vote for where no fan has gone before, but well, she was wearing a red shirt and he died. Hypnotoad is moving into the finals. Arrgh! <laughs> <It's, laughs> Hypnotoad is the finals. Uh, oh! Is it me again? Really? Already? It's Amy versus Slurm. Uh, Amy is DTF. Amy is a fabulous character. Uh, Slurm is just a lot of the Inside baseball stuff that you get from uh, Futurama. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Amy because I, I really do think that she's the next level of the show. The the secondary characters becoming much, much, much fuller characters. Uh, so yeah, I got to go with Amy. Uh, Pete, um, I'm
3: not really in the mood for something that comes out of a alien queen's buttocks.
4: So I got to go with Amy. Uh, She doesn't have a buttocks. She only has an anus. It comes out of her anus. It's much more disturbing. When you say say anus, it's much more disturbing than buttocks. (laughs) Vote for Amy. Uh, Mike? You know, you said
5: something uh, really kind of, uh, kind of interesting, kind of telling before when you uh, said, you know, yeah, here's a final four that nobody was really expecting. And, you know, honestly, I think that, strangely is sort of symbolic of the show. That is the best of Futurama is that it was something that, that was unexpected and unpredictable. And here at the end, we don't have Fry. We don't have Bender. We have a minor character that was really kind of a, a a simple one note toss off character that actually did grow into something, uh, someone rather that is, is actually very interesting and very memorable up against a simple one note you know gag about uh, about a beverage in the future that uh, that is expanded into something as well and I think that's really kind of what what is great about this show um, so for me I'm going to vote for slurm because I think it's actually the weirder stranger and more unpredictable of the two and that gives us a final fight of hypnotoad versus slurm which is really just about two of the Background textures of the show up against each other. And I think that uh, that is a great statement about Futurama that things that are just so small can have such a huge impact uh, on the people that
4: watch it. A vote for Slurm. Uh, Yussi.
6: Yeah, I'm I'm still sticking with Amy because she's still uh, awesome.
1: A
4: vote for Amy and Ben.
1: I didn't hear anybody quote Amy. I didn't hear anybody name an episode that had Amy as the main character in it. I did hear Damon read off an entire list of ingredients to the drink slurm. And it doesn't come out of her anus. It comes out of her cloaca. One way in, one way out. I'm voting for slurm.
4: No, it comes out of her anus. But it's a vote for slurm. Because she has a mouth and it comes out of her uh, anus.
1: Her common receptive, her common waste disposal hole. Oh, yeah. Uh, wake up. Okay,
4: okay, okay. A vote for Slurm, but Amy is in the finals. Up against Hypnotoad. Pete, this one is yours. It is Amy versus Hypnotoad.
3: I would absolutely love to vote for Hypnotoad. But I cannot vote against Amy. If anything can break the cur- break the uh break the spell of Hypnotoad, it is Amy. So I go with Amy.
4: Uh, vote for
5: Amy. Uh, Mike. I'm going to stick with Hypnotoad. I think it would be hilarious if Hypnotoad won because uh, its hypnotic powers are clearly powerful. Uh, Amy is... You know, i had a great arc on the show, but, you know, honestly, Amy is a pretty standard kind of sitcom character. Um, you know, there's a lot of characters that, that can sort of fit that role. Uh, hypno is very unique to Futurama. And, uh, for me, the, the most interesting thing and the thing that kind of encompasses so much about this, you know, I've gone back to the DVDs and referenced them before on one of the bonus features on one of the DVDs. I don't know if it was one of the movies. They actually have like a half an hour solid of Hypnotoad. And we started watching it together once, uh, just as a joke. And then about five minutes in and 15 minutes in, we're like, how long is this going to go? And we just hit the fast forward and it went on forever. Uh, Because Hypnotoad can go on forever. And I think it should go on forever. It is, it is a gag that only Futurama could make work. Um, And that is the best of Futurama.
4: A vote for Hypnotoad. Yossi. I
6: disagree. I think that Amy is then amazing. And Ultimately Futurama is about what we can achieve and we can hope and we can uh, you know reach for in our reality and uh, Amy is part of it. She's amazing. She's she you know she checks all of the boxes if if you can say that. Um, and Hypnotoad is You know, it's a good gag for 30 seconds, but do you really want to watch a whole episode about Hypnotoad? Because we haven't had one, and we've had lots of episodes about Amy and her parents and about her search for fulfillment. I just think that that she, you know, as much as we might say, oh, well, we're really Fry," are we? I don't know. I think a lot of people watch Futurama are Amy. They're you know they're overeducated and they're stuck in these dead end jobs, but ultimately you know they manage to save the universe or something along those lines. So I'm voting Amy.
1: A vote for Amy, Ben. Okay, I'm going to break this down to a physical fight since we haven't had one yet. And Hypno Toad beats Amy. We've seen it on the Futurama. We'll
4: see it here. My vote is for Hypnotoad. A vote for Hypnotoad. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. And, uh... You'll see, you almost nailed it. You said there hasn't been a Hypnotoad episode. But Mike just told you moments ago there is a direct-to-DVD hypnotode episode that is a half hour long. Now, granted, they can't get away with putting it on TV. Because if they put an episode of Hypnotoad on TV... I, I, I honestly would watch it from beginning to end, including all the commercials. I would not fast forward through the commercials. and but what I would counts applaud is what
6: they actually and I would it. applaud. I,
4: well, then you can't count the movies. The movies are great too, even though we don't have really anything from those movies on here, but movies move this show forward and made it so we could have the Bots and the Bees and, and other things. And Amy's progression happens well after the movies.
5: Those like direct to DVD movies are why we have feature on TV
4: right now. Right. Uh, like, you can't discount, discount that at all. And it's, I don't it's,
6: discount it. I just think that, you know, it's it's worthwhile considering what would have happened without it.
4: You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. It's, it's Hypnotode, damn it. It's got to be Hypnotode. When, when I saw Hypnotoad was on the list, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way Hypnotoad cannot win this. Because Hypnotoad is the weird, quirky thing inside joke that that is built that, that Futurama is built of. Nothing but weird, quirky inside jokes. They wrote a fucking language in an alien race. There's there's an alien language on the walls all over the place that you can decode from season one. And then they did it again in season two. And they did it again in season they they ugh. And Hypnotoad is part of the glory that is Futurama. Not that there's anything wrong with Amy, but uh, Hypnotoad is the greatest thing in the world. And I will be voting for Hypnotoad. Hypnotoad is the best of Futurama. But as always, we are wrong. (laughs) No, I concede, actually. No, no, we're wrong. Because it it can't be (laughs) Hypnotoad.
5: Yeah, (laughs) because it should have been Fry. It should
4: have been
1: the better.
4: It <laughs> should have been Fry, Mike. You're the one that voted against him. Dick Cheese. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Um Ben?
1: Yeah, if you uh quit on the Delta Quadrant before it's due time, go back and check it out. I think you'll enjoy it now. Watch the Delta
4: Quadrant podcast. Um Jesse, anything from you?
6: just my Twitter, Rabbi Joe in JM.
4: Rabbi
6: You know, follow me.
4: Follow him. He will tell you all about Jerusalem. And then say things like, yeah, Damon, you wanted me to drive all the way across the uh, wh- where was I try- trying to get you to drive to? Okay. The Gaza,
6: Strip the, Gaza Strip. the pyramids in Giza.
4: Yeah, that's right. He, he said that's a bad idea and apparently it was. <laughs>
3: uh pete anything from you uh just as usual if you're shopping on ebay check out Dion's playground see if i have anything that you're looking for as far as uh, action figures trading cards or collectibles
4: and that's d-i-o
3: d-i-o-n-s-p-l-a-y-g-r-o-u-n-d all one word
4: all one word uh check out our friends dvdgeeks.tv subspace communicating their awesome podcast life after trek Uh, They also have a website where they sell pretty sweet art. That's Bye Bye Robot. And there's still the Drunken Rockin' Fur Files Files website that is up there still to this day. Uh, Give a listen to Great Blanchard and Inappropriate Conversations. Uh, Also, the Soulless Minis of Orthodoxy, Commentary Track Stars, and Mission Log, a Roddenberry podcast. Seriously, send them like a letter or something, please. The love of God. A uh, special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing on the Geek Fights Tumblr with the Chris Mitchell, who also created a Geek Fights Wikia, uh, and uh, Christy Woke have helped flesh it out. Uh, you can play on there, too, Put whatever you like about us. Um, and, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jared Formby. Uh, who could forget him and his amazing intros? Check him out at Net. Or on uh, Twitter, he's super underscore Spock. Mike?
5: Uh, you can find me on the Week and Geek video show on YouTube where we preview the new comics every week. You can check us out at geekfights.net where we have the list of show ideas. Uh, our brackets, our past episodes, and links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and our Tumblr. Also, um, Chris Mitchell has been doing this Chris Reed series. The second one just went up recently. Please send him weird things to read. Uh, I, I sent him the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby, and he did it, and they were fantastic. Um, I also sent him the intro to the Unabomber Manifesto. Hopefully, he will do that, too. Uh, but find something weird. Send it to Chris. I want to hear him read more weird stuff.
4: <laughs> uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes uh, and uh, like us on Facebook.
5: If you'd like to be on the panel, you can contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Geek Fights or follow the links on our website.
4: That's all it takes
5: to join
4: the Legion of Kids. <laughs> Our upcoming fights are the one that's a, a big mouthful for me to say. It uh, what, what is fictional male you most likely like to have a monogamous relationship with. Not hottest male. This is not just hottest male. This is going to be hopefully reasonable, but we're going to have probably 10 or 11 women on that show, so we'll see. And then after that, I actually have to go and look at the calendar. So I'm going to step across the room for a second. I know you can still hear me. I'm just far away. Uh, Flip it up. Oh! I forgot about that one. That's going to be fun. Indie comic Showdown. Another showdown. And that's with uh, comic book characters from outside of the DC and Marvel Universe. But there's a shit ton of them. Uh, Any and all of the ideas are Welcome. Thanks again for listening.
5: Until next time,
4: keep fighting the geek fight.
5: All hail, Hypno Toad.
4: All hail, Hypno Toad. uh the battle what I, I don't even know what the battle they the, the actual first engagement with the dominion in uh, in the alpha quadrant or no actually it was in the Gal- uh, gamma well,
5: quadrant that, plus don't forget the uh the battle with the klingons in uh and what should call it way of the warrior against yeah, the space well, station i, I yeah.
4: think that I, was I, the I, first
5: I, big battle that they ever had
4: no it yeah, wasn't the-
5: yeah because no that was here. when they uh they had upgraded the station
4: that was the first time that Deep Space Nine, the actual station, had well, a big battle. That's I mean. The big battle that comes before that is, I think, the best one still is the one that's in the Dias Cast, where uh, the, the you have the Cardassian fleet and the Romulan fleet going to bombard the uh, Dominion yeah. homeworld. Is that world. before of the Warrior? Yeah, it is. Yes, that's season so is it, two, three. Is it, well, it's not is it two because they don't introduce that introduced the, the Dominion to the end of two. Deep
3: Space Nine battle.
4: Oh, it would just be best battle. But yeah, that's my my favorite from from Deep Space Nine is that first one because the Federation isn't in it at all and there's things getting blown up all over the place and it's just the the Defiant running away. I love that battle. Like, we were only here to get Odo. We'll take you to Garrick. but we were only here to get Odo and we're getting the fuck out of here. And there are Dominion ships all over the place. Ugh.
1: Glorious. then
5: there was also that the first one um where the uh they blow up the galaxy class ship
1: yeah yeah I was gonna say that that's yeah. that's that was heartbreaking almost for a lot of people you, but you know why they did that why they blew up
4: a galaxy class i love i love that the the science behind it which was everybody saw that ship that classic ship because i think was that before or after i think was that after Generations or before generations? It would have been before. Yeah. Okay, so it's before generations. They wanted to show a, uh, you know, how powerful the Dominion was, and the best way to do that was take the ship from the former show and blow it up. And even though it wasn't the Enterprise, it was the Enterprise.
1: It was the Enterprise. Yeah.
4: Like holy shit! They took down the Enterprise like that. The Kamikaze did. And then it got lessened by the fact that a bird of prey was able to take it out with one shot. So, uh,
1: yeah, but they had their shield frequency.
4: It doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you even realize how small a bird of prey is next yeah, to they're tiny? Oh, they're, they are insignificant. The armoring alone should have been able to take care of it, but no. well,
1: Martok's bird of prey can beat every ship in the Dominion, basically. So,
4: but that's because it's Martok.
1: Okay, okay fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that.
4: We, but we're talking and,
5: and about- golden sure. cod's bird of prey seemed to do a lot too
1: yeah yeah but he's a sneaky son of a bitch got it
4: yeah I'm, I'm fine with those i'm fine with those guys but not the the lursa and Bator. come on really because yeah. they took geordie hostage
1: they had cleasage
5: if they that had horrible. like gotten more than just like the shield frequency out of geordie i could buy it a little bit better right like Jordy knows that there's one spot on the ship that if you hit it, it will blow it up.
4: Why are we talking about Star Trek? Let's talk about Futurama, which is an extension of Star Trek. At least because we're going to be
5: talking about Star Trek while we're talking about Futurama
4: on the second fight, <laughs> as a matter of yes, that. we will. Yeah.